This is the Sanam S4 podcast, brought to you by Sanam S4, the go-to people for success in the world's fastest growing economies. Welcome back to season three, school counselling in the time of coronavirus. In this season, we speak with school counsellors and discuss how they are supporting Indian high school students during these COVID times to realise their international education aspirations. Today, we bring to you episode five, Career Development and Student Employability. Our speaker today is Ms. Anjali Agarwal, Career and College Counselor at Vidya Shilp Academy. Anjali Agarwal describes her role as a school counselor as both exciting and gratifying. Anjali's career has focused on the areas of career development activities, education, and life enhancement. Vidya Shilp Academy is located in Bangalore. The school follows the Indian School Certificate Examinations, ICSE and ISC, as well as the University of Cambridge exams. The school has been recognised as a happy school by UNESCO's Happy School Project. Anjali, welcome to the Sanames for podcast. Um, it's really wonderful that you could join us for our podcast series. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ruth, uh, for having me here. It's it's wonderful to be talking about all of this with you, and I look forward to hearing myself uh, soon. I'm going to start with our first question, which is about career development and student employability post-studies. As you have experience in this area, could you explain to us how students can prepare themselves for employment post-study? Ruth, till now, um, the Indian education system, at least, has always been focusing on grades and marks as the only employability criteria. But uh, what I believe is that schools set the academic foundation for students. The depth of knowledge comes from the higher education, uh, from colleges, uh, graduate studies, However, what is needed, I think, for employment goes beyond academics and knowledge. From my experience, what I've seen that recruiters and companies are looking at students who have skills that are real and transferable. Personality, grooming, presentation skills, research skills, people skills, the ability to work in a team, and to be able to understand your own strength and the strength of those around you is very, very important, in my opinion. I feel students nowadays need to be resilient and adaptable. It's a VUCA world out there, and it's changing very fast. And I believe agility is the key to success and employability in the future. Thank you for that. Yes, there's a lot to consider to you know, prepare our kids to be fully prepared and rounded individuals. So moving on to my next question, many students are now forced to take a gap semester or a gap year as they defer their plans to study abroad. What are your thoughts on students taking a gap year? Ruth, I think taking a gap year is now more accepted than it has ever been before. Parents, students, um, teachers, schools, universities, they're all accepting it due to reasons which we all know. But to not just to think of uh, the COVID scenario now, I would like to think of it as a very wholesome thing. And some children are doing it to improve their grades. It's, it's a good chance. Some do it to prepare for competitive exams, you know, to be able to do better in the entrance exams or competitive exams uh, for future study. 
some do it just because they're unsure about what they want to do. While there are more children doing it, I think it has to be a very measured decision taken only for the right reasons. The most important thing, I think, for any student uh, deciding to take a gap year is to discuss it thoroughly with their parents, their teachers, their counselors. Uh, keeping the university counselors also in the loop is very, very important. There has to be a plan of action on how they're going to use the gap year constructively and continue the process of learning rather than wasting their precious time. It's it's a whole year. It's 365 days that we're talking about. And I personally would urge students to not use this as a fad or a comfortable way out, rather use it a little more constructively. Um, okay, so now to a very current topic. The national education policy was recently released. What are your thoughts on this policy, Anjali? It, it's a very uh, extensive, exhaustive document, so I wouldn't want to go into too much of detail. But yes, there are a couple of things that come to my mind. Number one, it brings a very uh, stroke of uh, ambitious changes that could transform the Indian education system. It, it was much needed, and we've all been waiting for this. But I guess the key here and uh, the challenge here for India as a country would be the implementation and execution of the policy. There are various aspects which have both short-term and long-term outcomes. In school education, uh, the policy envisages a sweeping structural redesign of the curriculum, which is very welcome. I feel in order to deliver this curriculum effectively, we need teachers who are trained and who understand the pedagogical needs. I guess more effort needs to be invested into achieving this, and we need more clarity on how the government uh, in the future wants to do that. Uh, also, many of the curricular changes require very, very substantial mind shift on the part of the parents. That is something which is going to take a humongous effort because parents need to be accepting of uh, the way the government envisages the future of uh, the generation. Uh, and we as a country, I think, need to understand and embrace the change and empower and train our future generations. It is very important. I'm going to move on now to ask some questions about the students at Vijayashilp. So my first question about your school is, how many students each year apply from your school to study abroad? About 60%, 60 to 70% of our cohort each year applies for universities abroad. And that, in, that would include both our A-level and ISC grade 12 students. Can you also tell me what subjects do the students from your school choose to study abroad? And could you elaborate on their countries of choice? The subject interests are actually very, very varied in range. Uh, it can be business, uh, psychology, consumer behavior, economics, uh, engineering, medicine, law, design, nutrition, sports, um, hotel management. It's a very, very varied mix. There's no set direction, and we encourage our students to think and pursue uh, wherever they think they want to go. We support them in every decision that they want to make. As far as the countries are concerned, um, I've had students apply to Canada, US, UK, Germany, a lot of European countries, Switzerland, and of course, a few of them do go to India. But yeah, these are the, the major countries that our students look at. 
Since COVID, what changes have you noticed in regards to subject and destination choices? And how do the students feel about studying online? Oh, I would, I would, you know, it would be wrong to say that COVID has not had an impact, but there has been a definite impact on the destination choices of students, uh, but not so much on the subject choices as one would like to think. With foreign universities starting their classes online, to sky is now opening up slowly. Most of our students who had applied for overseas study are still staying put with their choices. For example, the ones in US or UK or Canada are still planning to continue. Those who had applied to India have either started classes online or in the process of completing their enrollment formalities. There are very, very few uh, students who had uh, who were looking at their uh, you know, education outside have turned back to India. Few who are looking at uh, the CLAT or the JEE or the NEET are still waiting. Of course, few would, uh, a lot of our students would have given the JEE now or would be in the process. As far as studying online is concerned, our students, I would say, are coping very well. It's just that the pressure of being hooked onto a device and headphones uh, is nothing new to them. The only thing which has changed, I guess, is uh, that they're doing it for education and studies rather than for entertainment. On a serious note, uh, there is nothing that compares to the whole university, college or the school experience and the new adventure that it entails. But as I, get, I think our students are resilient and they understand the situation well enough to know that it's safety, rules and regulations above everything else. So I, th I would like to say they're managing quite well. Thank you for your insights. Um, yeah, I think most kids don't mind being on their computer to do anything. Okay, I would love to hear more about your role as a counsellor at Vigishilp Academy and the type of programme which you follow. So we currently don't have a set program uh, as of now. Uh, we're in the process of devising one. But uh, my role at Vidyashilp Academy is more uh, of a facilitator, a guide, and a support for our students. Our head of school believes that each child is gifted and has the innate ability to excel in some field. Uh, and I, I echo that thought completely. Applying for college, I think, is a landmark time for students. But it is also a very stressful one for students and their families and parents. Children and parents both want to be able to make the right decision at the right time. And it is one of the most uh, important part of my work at Vidyashil to make that journey as smooth as possible, to make sure that the application process, the timelines uh, is uh, you know followed and there is no stress that the students are able to uh, work around with their study timings and examinations and application deadlines so that there's no pressure right at the end. So I make sure that uh, you know we are connected and timelines are followed by all the students so that uh, they're able to make this journey easy and not stressful, this being the last year of school. So that's the biggest part of my work at Vidyashil. You have extensive experience in this field, and I could see from your profile you have a passion for the areas of education and life enhancement. Can you explain to me how you entered this field and also more about these development activities? 
That's, in fact, a, a question that if I get into answering that in detail, it will take quite a lot of time, Ruth. But yeah, I will try and be as um, you know concise and clear as possible. During my years of counseling students for recruiting them for universities abroad, um, I came across many students uh, who either did not know what they wanted to study in college or they would be at a stage where they were unhappy or unsuitable for what they were studying. A lot of students were like, I chose this particular subject in college because my parents wanted me to, or because this is the only subject that I got, so I don't really know where I'm going with this. It was it was really uh, sad to be able to you know to see that this was the condition, and some of them wanted to change their majors in college, but would be unable to do so. And they felt they were stuck with the choices that they made. This was about six, seven years ago. And that is what actually got me thinking about how counseling was extremely important at the school stage. And it shouldn't start from the year 10, but I guess it should start from grades six or seven onwards when students, you know, they they change and they start developing into new thoughts. And that is the time when if if they're given the right direction, by the time they come to making the choice in grade 10, they're able to decide on themselves rather than look at an external support system. That's when I thought that I could, you know, probably do something about it, connecting students with their inner abilities, showing them how it matched with the profession which was out there in the world. At that time, uh, it was very fortunate that I met a friend who was working in this field. And, you know, she's as passionate about this as I am. And she wanted to revolutionize the way our schools looked at career and identity creation for students. So I started with her and one step led to the other. I worked with her for quite some time. I still use her platform for counseling students outside. And here I am. I, I just then kind of thought that this is what I could contribute to. I finally found my passion. It is very exciting. It is very gratifying to see that this, you know, that aha moment that a student gets, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, between a decision after the 10th grade to when the student passes college and enters into a professional world, I think there's a gap of five to eight years. And at the rate at which the world is changing today, jobs and market requirements are changing more rapidly than ever before. I feel it's very, very crucial that our students are guided on what is the, you know, what is the right option or right choice in the foreseeable future. And knowing oneself and working with one's strength is as important as identifying one's weakness and turning that into a strength. So I feel it's it's uh, this which keeps me going. Thank you so much for your insights today, Anjali. It's been very, very interesting speaking with you and quite enlightening. I'd like to just thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Ruth, for uh, this opportunity. It's an amazing opportunity for me to be working, uh, you know, with Sanam S4 and with you. You have been amazing. Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for joining us, Anjali. It was wonderful speaking with you. This episode was powered by ManicPod.